All right, if you would turn your Bibles with me to John, we are in a new series called Here Below, and I love the, the, the whole theme, the, the mindset behind it, that, that Christ came heaven below, that heaven came to dwell with us. And, and in, in this time, in this season of, of starting, and I love that it started on Sunday, that the first day of December is today, and uh, that, that, man, it's so easy in, in our society to be consumed with everything but Christ in the season that we're in, right? It's so easy to be consumed with, well, you got to get this person and this person, but you think that that person got that person something, so you can't get that, and I got to, then they're, gonna not, they're not going to like me as much because they didn't, and it gets to where it's so much about what you get people than what you've forgotten about what you've been given. And, and I was thinking about, just the whole, the whole concept of, of Christmas, and for me personally over the last month, and that's why I really felt like doing this series, I think maybe for even for myself, to, to be reminded of the sacredness of Christmas, that, that Christmas is so much more than what society has made it. And it is my hope today that, that over the next four weeks that, that God would speak to you maybe something unique for you and your family over this Christmas holiday. And so I want to pray and uh, we're going to read in verse 4 of John, and I'm just going to read this first verse, and then we'll get into the, into the text in a moment. But it says in, in John chapter 1, verse 4, life came into being because of him. I could just stop right there and preach on that. That life came into being because of him. For his life is the light for all humanity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the light that Christ is in our lives. We thank you for your word, God, that it never returns void. God, it always accomplishes what it's sent out to do. So, Lord, I thank you that your word would fall in our hearts, that it would change and transform us from the inside out, God. I pray that, God, this morning that where there is darkness, God, that you would fill it with hope. That, God, I pray more than anything, God, as we live out this Christmas season, God, that you'd be made more famous than you were last season, God. And I thank you that let our lives illuminate who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we were talking about this Advent season, um, that the word Advent actually means the word arrival. It means the arrival of something or somebody. And, and I thought, you know, each one of these gifts reps, represents something that I will preach this, this holiday season. And the first thing I want to unwrap is, is, well, you have to see it once I unwrap it, but um, that... That Jesus came into the world, but I want you to understand that he came and he brought gifts. He, he was a gift to the world. And I think that sometimes it's, it's easy to forget that, that Christmas is really the reason that you and I do gifts is because we're basically, we're basically uh, sharing the idea of what Christ did for us. Like we're basically just saying, look, this is what Jesus did for us. So this is what we should do for each other. That Christ was a gift. Have you, you, I don't know about this. Do you ever have people who tape the box, the wrapping paper to the box? Do, does anybody else, like, do you still have, like, the, like the five-year-old type personality when you open Christmas gifts? Or are you like the, I'm going to be real mature and subtle, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to peel the tape? Are you like, how many of you? I'm, I'm more like, I'm going to play it cool. Like, try to see what it is. And then they give me a different box in it, and I'm like, dang, I would have liked what was in the box. But nobody ever done that? Okay, cool, just me. Deal. Y'all are so spiritual. And, 
And so, anyway, how many of you know that, that Christ, what he was, was a gift? And it's so easy to forget the gift. And so, I'm going to just throw this stuff out here because that would be a great idea. This is what Jaylee does. It's like she doesn't even care about the gift. She's like, oh, oh. But uh, I want to talk to you about the gift of hope. The gift of hope that, that when Jesus came, he didn't bring hope. He was hope. That, that he is hope. And the title of this sermon is called The Flicker of Hope. Because I think that for us, a lot of times we think that we have to be, have we have to have it all figured out. We have to be perfect. We have to have all these certain things figured out in our lives before we can really be hope to somebody else. And, and I love how the whole idea of Christmas happened. That it wasn't this guy who came in as the Messiah, fully matured, fully grown, fully aware of who he was and what was to come. That he came as a baby. He came as something so subtle, something so little that no one else would assume what was in the package. And I wonder how many of us may be living our lives and we may be coming in around people and that we come in so subtle that, that people don't realize the power that's within us because we carry hope. And, and I think about hope and I think about the power of what hope is. That if you've, you will never understand the power of hope unless you've been hopeless. You will never understand the power of, of, of light until you lived without light. Some of y'all maybe, maybe not remember back in the day when you didn't have power, when it, or it was very, I don't know if anybody's here that, that long, but hey, God bless you. You should be up here preaching because you have a lot more to say. But right, there, there's times in our lives when we lose power. In fact, last week, last Sunday, almost all of Centerton and Gravity Area was all out of power. And in a moment, what was once accessible and easy and available by the flip of a switch was immediately gone and there was hopelessness. There was darkness. And, and in this world, as much as we are all gathering and shopping and looking and doing things for family and relatives and friends and all of the stuff, as much as we are doing those things, there are people around us that are living and walking in darkness. And there, there are people that, that they're breathing and they're living and they, they have families and they have friends and they have things, but they don't see the ability to move forward in life. They just don't see how I could live and take another day in this world. And Jesus had this idea to bring, or God had this idea to bring Jesus, the Messiah, into the world 2,000 and something years ago and say, I have hope for the world. What, what an incredible thing for me and uh, for, for you to, 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 to imagine that God saw where you would be today in hopelessness in different times in your life and said, they need a Messiah. They need light in the darkness. And so he sent the Messiah into the world. And he goes on, and, and I want to continue to read this, this passage of Scripture, because this passage of Scripture lays out the significance of Christ in our lives. And I want to say this without you automatically, like, just being like, okay, we've got to get really holy and righteous and stuff like that. I want you to be, I just, because I want to bring back the sacredness of Christmas. Because we have, we have, glamorized and made it so much that it's not about Christmas anymore. It's not about Christ. It's, it's like now if you go to certain secular stores, they can't say Merry Christmas. They have to say Happy Holidays when they wouldn't have a holiday if it wasn't for Christ. 
And so, so I think we have to be really intentional on bringing the sacredness of Christ back into our own personal lives before the culture will ever accept it. Before we can ever be light or hope to other people, we first have to have hope, right? We first have to have a light to be light. And so the thing is I want to do is, is my goal and my ambition is this over this next four weeks for myself to bring back the sacredness of Christ back into my own life, back into, into our family, where it's about Jesus being glorified, him being lifted up, that he is who I think about more than Christmas presents. He is who I think about more, that it's what Jesus did for me, because in me knowing what Jesus did for me gives me hope to give to other people, right? The reason that I know that people need him is because I know where I was once at. And to be reminded that Jesus is so much more than just a holiday. And so, so as we read this, this is what it says. It says, life came into being because of him, for his life is life. For all humanity. And this living expression is the light that bursts through the gloom. The light that darkness could not diminish. Just to stop for a moment and say this. That look, it doesn't matter how dark a situation may be when hope is involved. It doesn't matter how dark something is. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter what it looks like. See, that's the the power of hope. Is hope has the ability. It says this. it It says, the light that bursts through the gloom bursts through hope is action it is activated it's like this moving thing it doesn't just be like oh man i just hope a lot of us have a misinterpreted skew of hope it's like oh, i just hope that i can get to black friday and get that thing that's not hope hope is the ability to get through something when you don't think that it's possible but you know it's possible because of what jesus did the bible says this that faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen so in other words hope gives you eyes it gives you the ability to see through where you're at now for all of us we've got it all figured out we can see perfect our lives are great right but for those that we're working with and then our friends and our families that are living in darkness they need the hope that you're carrying they need the hope of the Messiah that's on the inside of you, that light. If I was to turn all the lights off right now, just to shut them off, Christmas lights off, everything goes off, it's just black, and I'm just preaching, you can't see me. If I was to light one match, in a moment, your anxiety would immediately just eliminate because you would say, okay, I can see him. Right now, if I was to light that match, it would be pointless. You'd be like, why are you lighting a match? Like, it's super bright in here. But see, that's what I think a lot of us is that we are not living in a lit world. We are living in a dark world, and you are that small match that's that flicker of hope. And the people keep saying, I I saw something over there. There's hope over there. You are the hope of the world. Through Christ Jesus, you are the hope of the world. And when you get to your cubicle on Monday morning and you are sad that you have to work today because you had a three-day weekend... Hope needs to be in you because somebody had a bad week and they need your hope so that they can be hopeful again. And it's so important to understand that. Then he goes on and says, Then suddenly a man appeared who was sent from God, a messenger named John. This is talking about John the Baptist. For he came to be a witness to point the way to the light of life. I love that. And to help everyone believe. Isn't that our assignment? 
See, hope helps somebody else believe. Who is around you that may not believe, but because you are so hopeful, they can't help but see light. They can't help but maybe there is a possibility that God is bigger than my situation. That God is bigger than my circumstance. I think that one of the greatest things that you will receive this year is not a package or a gift that you get. But the ability to see God use you and put hope in somebody else. Imagine if this year... The greatest thing that happened to you was not the gifts that you got. Those are great. But it's that you were able to see somebody who couldn't see the next step in their life. But because you had Jesus and you had the light of life living on the inside of you, that you were able to light up their life and say, look, I know it's bad. I know your situation looks dark, but I want you to know that there is a Messiah who came 2,000 years ago, and it was dark. He came into a womb of a woman who was a virgin, and it was a situation that it was not, it was not likely, but Jesus came, and he came then, and he comes now, bringing hope. And he goes on and says this, for the light of the truth was about to come into the world and shine upon everyone. He entered into the very world he created, yet the world was unaware. He came to the very people he created, to those who should have recognized him, but they did not receive him. He came to the very people, I already said that, but those who embraced him and took a hold of his name were given authority to become the children of God. He was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means. See, you got to catch this. You totally missed it. You missed it. You didn't even know you missed it. Hope doesn't come from natural things. Hope doesn't come from, from natural circumstances and situations that everybody else would have said, oh, hey, this is how you get hope. Hope comes from Jesus Christ alone. Y'all missed it. Y'all could have got that. You could have been on top of that. I got a golf clap instead. Awesome. So And so the living expression became a man living among us. That is Emmanuel, God among us. Do you know the hope that you have? It is not that you get the next job promotion, that your next that your, your, your next relationship works out because it didn't last year and you thought you'd be married by now. I want to let you know that there is nothing that you're hoping for in this world that will actually fulfill the hope that you need. And you have to know this. You have to know this. Why? Because if you don't know this, then the people that you come in contact with, you'll try to give them natural things to fix their, their hopelessness. But when you know hopelessness is not a result of natural things and the lack of, it is the void of God in their lives. It's the void of, let me say, it's the void of the reality of who God is in their lives. See, the reason that many of you are not hopeless is because you have a reality of the goodness and the power and the understanding of who Jesus is as your father. And that is what brings hope into a dark world. See, there are going to be uncertainties in life. You, you, are, you are not going to be able to get away from uncertainties. You can continue to try to, to avoid them, but uncertainties are bound to happen. 
They're going to happen in our lives. But there is someone living among us that is greater than any uncertainty. See, what I love about Christmas is how it started. Because it's amazing to me that the king of the world came as a baby. Like, we forget that. Like, if I told you, your answer is coming, and it's coming in the form of a little baby thing, a little immature thing, you'd be like, okay, that is not what I expected. But that's how Jesus does things. Jesus does things in a much more smaller capacity than we realize, because God doesn't need a lot to do a lot. See, that's what hope, hope is. Hope is that. Hope understands that it doesn't take a lot to do a lot. The fish, the feeding the 5,000, 5,000, a fish and, few fish and few loaves of bread to do something miraculous because that's the God that you and I serve. So, so Christmas is all about these, these two things, these barriers, right? There, there's these barriers. One, she's a virgin. There's a problem there, folks. Like, it's hard to birth something when you're a virgin, but not for God. And so God has a barrier that he starts with to let us know that I hope has the ability to over to supersede barriers. Like you may have barriers right now and you're believing by the time Christmas comes, I pray that our family will be resolved, that the, the family issue will be resolved. There's a barrier and there's a Messiah. And hope allows you to break through barriers. Right? So, so in Christmas, hope has the ability to break through barriers. The next thing is this, is that now she becomes pregnant. So that barrier is broken. She's impregnated by heaven through the Holy Spirit. This is our story, church. <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? So what religion? Well, let me just go ahead and tell you. Okay. But it's our reality. That's what we have hope in. Is in this ridiculous story of a virgin woman who gave birth to the Messiah. Like that is what our hope is in. Jesus is calling right now, actually. <laughs> calling to let us know. Like that's me. So the next thing is this, is that so now what was once broken, the barrier was broken. Now she births and brings into existence. That's the power of hope. Hope breaks barriers and births things that you didn't think were, pay, were possible, that, that weren't capable. You're like, I don't know how this is going to happen. See, hope is the reality that heaven came to earth for us. That is the hope that I have. This Christmas season, the hope that I have through every situation, through the things that we're believing God for, for the things that we're walking through, the seasons that we're in, my hope is not in, in the answer. My hope is in the reality that heaven came to earth for me. That heaven came to earth for you. Like, when you open up your Christmas presents and you didn't get exactly what you thought you would get, hope isn't in that. Hope, I don't know, does this, does this happen to anybody else? Sorry, rabbit trail. Squirrel! Does this happen to anybody else? You open Christmas and you're excited, you know, you got all the family or whatever you do, and then you get done and you open them and then you're like, that's it. I believe that that is designed by God. To know that no matter what you get, no matter how extravagant the gifts that you got, it's actually not in those things. Every time I do it, I'm like, well, that was it. Like, can we wrap them back up and redo it again? Because that was so fun. 
I want you to know that you can unwrap hope every single day. That you can have who Jesus is every single day. That he breaks the barriers that you right now are facing. And how you break them is by putting your hope in him, not in his answers. Jesus is not, he's not, a, a, it's not like Jesus is and then hope is the byproduct. Like hope is Jesus. Jesus is hope. The Bible says that he is love. The Bible also says that these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. Like he is hope. So hope will give you, what it does is it gives you the strength to endure through the uncertainties. What, do, what it does is it gives you the strength, the sustainability to get through what you're trying to get through. When you hope, when you hope, it's the ability to have faith in the God that you know is capable of bringing a woman who was a virgin and birthing a baby through her womb. So what else can God not do? You think about that this year when you run up against a situation, you run up against a barrier, whether it's marital, whether it's family, whether it's relational, whether it's financially, what, whatever barrier you could write out right now, imagine what it is. Hope can break through that. If you understand that is the reality that heaven came to earth through a womb of a virgin. I mean, there is nothing that's a little bit more difficult than that. But hope did. Hope came through. And that is what hope is, is hope comes through. Don't get quiet on me. Hope comes through. In 1 Corinthians, this is what it says in, verse, in chapter 15, verse 19. It says, if the only benefit of our hope in Christ is limited to this life on earth, we deserve to be pitied more than all others. In other words, what they're saying is that if your hope is only in what you get on this, on this earth, then you should be pitied. Because for you to have to live the life that you're living, to believe in what you're believing in, for your, all of your hope and all of the answers that you get, get to be whether your 401k gets to a certain amount or your, or your job security is this or your kids are this or your all natural things, he said you should be pitied. In other words, what he's saying is that hope should not come from what you can obtain on earth. Hope should be, should be obtained by what heaven did for you on the earth. That heaven came to earth to bring you a different reality. Isaiah uh, says this in chapter 9 of, uh, of Isaiah verse 2. It says this. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Love that. Do you know? Do you know why I love that? Because you and I are that light. You and I are the light in the darkness. I want to sing that song so bad, but I won't do it. I don't want to. I've already got a lot going on in my on my on my life. I don't need to do worship too. You know, it's just. <laughs> She's jealous, folks. I'm just telling you now. She's jealous. There's a rivalry in the house. Who, gets, who sings better? Who would be more likely to make it on America's Got Idol? <laughs> I'm kidding. 
But seriously, right, the light and the darkness, that you are that light. You and I are the light that people are looking for. The, okay, let me make this. It's through Christ, okay? I'm not saying that people are looking for you to give them hope. But people, God uses the hope within you. The hope that you've experienced, the light that Jesus illuminated in your life to bring hope into somebody else's life. I mean, even this week, I was talking to somebody who's, they've been out, you know, they've just been, they've had problems in their life financially. And they came to the church, and we started helping them. Um, and, and I just started ministering to him. Even this week, I started talking to him, and I just started talking with him. And, and I said, man, you should come to church and, and, or you know, whatever. And we just started having this conversation. And you would have seen, he literally was working on something. He was like, what? And in that moment, he was like, man, I used to go to church. And you could tell in that moment that he began to have recollection of all the things that God had done in his life. And sometimes people just need a light to remind them that God is the light. That God can do things in the darkness. That even when it is dark, if there's a flicker of hope, then there's a possibility. And I want you to know that sometimes, look, you don't have to be the answer. I know a lot of times we put pressure on ourselves. Like if I have a situation, this guy, I am not his answer. All I am is a flicker of hope. My job for him is to illumine, my job for, for with him was to alight his way to a greater, to a greater thing called Jesus. And so many of us is like, we have so much, we have so much responsibility that we take on, but Jesus didn't say, he didn't say you have to redeem them, you have to save them. He just said you're the hope of the world so that you will take the light in you and you will just be light. And that it would light the way to the Savior. So what does hope do? Hope gives you sight and vision, right? Like if they, this is talking about light in the darkness. In darkness, do you have vision? No, you can't see in the darkness, right? You have a lack of sight, a lack of vision for your life, for your situation, for your circumstances. But what hope does is it gives you the ability to see beyond where you're at. So if you're taking notes, this is the point, that hope gives you sight and vision for the future beyond your current circumstances, there are people around you that don't have the greatest circumstances. They don't have the, the greatest, greatest life right now in this season. And maybe that's why you're in their life. You may be their boss. You may be their coworker. You may be their family member. You may be someone that you just run into occasionally. But you are called to be light in their life. Called to be hope in their hopelessness. To, to do what? To give them future, the vision, and, the, and the, the ability to see beyond where they're at. Have you ever been in a place where you're like this? I don't know how this thing's going to ever get any better. I mean, really, you've been in the place where it's like I, life can't get any worse. It's as dark as it can be. And then all of a sudden you run into somebody and they encourage you. And they give you the hope to say, look, I know what you're going through, but I believe that God is going to come through in your story. You realize that we are all just a bunch of stories that have been changed by a Savior. That you and I are just people who have allowed hope to touch us. And when we allow hope to touch us, it's like if I light one match and I touch it close to another match, what happens? It's, it's lit. It's illuminated. 
And look, we're just fire starters. That's what hope is. Hope gives somebody the ability to see and say, oh, wow, I didn't think I could take another step, but you just thank you for lighting up that step. If you're in a dark place, one step is good. Right? And then the next person comes in and they're hope and they can take another step. And before you know it, they're 15 steps farther away from the situation than they were. That's hope. Hope is the ability to move away from where you're at into a greater future that God has for you. That's only going to happen by you and I taking the role and realizing that Christmas is not about more gifts. It's not about the pretty trees. It's not about all the ornaments and the, the, the cinnamon and all the stuff. I love cinnamon. No one else? I got some cinnamon folk up in here. Cinnamon is awesome. Cinnamon it was out without Christmas. If you take cinnamon out, I'm done. Like cinnamon and eggnog, I'm done. I'm out. Come on, somebody, right? So what you do is you do cinnamon and eggnog. Come on. That's where it's at. But how many of you know if you take eggnog out of the Christmas story, there's still power in that. Because Jesus is the light of the world. Amen? Take Christmas presents out. And Christmas doesn't lose its power. Take Jingle Bell Rock out. Christmas still has its power. Because Christmas doesn't have any power outside of Christ. You really. Think about that. So next time somebody says happy holiday to you, say Merry Christmas. And you smile at them. Right? It is what Christmas is about. And it is my goal and my ambition this year to make sure that people know that Christmas is about Christ. I can't stand, if you do this, I apologize, but if you do the Xmas, oh man. Like, well, I just had to have room. Well, then take the, the mus off and put Christ there. Because you don't have Christmas without the Christ. Anyway, get on my soapbox here. Yeah, I know you all are leaving the church over that. All right, cool. Don't send an email on that one. <laughs> See, what is hope? Hope is security. To know that I am taken care of because of what Christ did for me. Hope is the security and this knowing that Christ's arrival brought everything I will ever need into my, into my possession. Everything that you need in society is going to be found in Christ. That is freeing, to know that everything that you need is in him, and in him, he will provide everything I need. See, hope isn't extinguished by circumstances. Have you know that circumstances don't extinguish hope? Why? Because circumstances aren't hope. Like, like hope is, isn't... I, my, my life, my, my, my situation in life isn't hopeful or hopeless based on circumstances. My, my confidence comes in hope. Hope trumps my circumstances, not circumstances trump my hope. See, hope isn't found in, in, in anything other than him. And so as we, as we contend for him... 
those circumstances begin to dissolve. Because what happens is it brings the reality of who he is and what he's capable of doing in our lives. A lot of us, we cheer and we chant and all the stuff when it comes to Easter. And we should. Because he defeated death, hell, and the grave. But we don't have an Easter without a Christmas. We don't have, we don't have an Easter without Christ entering the world as a baby. In its infancy. And he, as he subtly grew up, where everybody said, oh, that's just another boy. They didn't realize that that was going to be the hope that they would depend there and put their faith in. My question for us this morning is this. Is if you're taking notes, I always like to, to, to have some kind of a question in, in a sermon. Because I believe that you need to have something to think about as we leave. That this isn't just about preaching a sermon, but this is for you as an individual, as a family. This is the question, is that how could hope recalibrate and give you new meaning to life and purpose this season? How could hope recalibrate and give you new meaning to life and purpose? If you thought about hope for you and the power of what hope did for you, how could it recalibrate so that you would live your life this month, this season, this year, differently? Because if you'd look about for it to recalibrate, for your life to be recalibrated, you would have to look at all the instances in your life where hope changed you, where hope came in and rescued you, where hope came in and redeemed you. And you would see the power of, you don't have a story without hope. And all of those people that are living in darkness around you will never have a story without hope. That unless the light comes into the darkness, they will not be able to see. That's what the scripture says in Isaiah. And in Romans, Romans 15, it says this, verse 13. It says, now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope. I love that. Like, it was his idea. Hope was his idea. It comes from the fountain of hope. It was birthed there. And then it says it will fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy. The fallout or the byproduct of hope is joy and peace. That's how, that's how people's lives get changed. As you come in and you introduce them to hope, hope shows them a different view of their life. A different scenario in their world. And then he goes on and says this, as you trust in him and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundant, with, with his super abundant until you radiate with hope. I love that, that super abundant. And what I see this is, as the sermon series, the title was called The Flicker of Hope. And what I love that, that as you read this, it takes a flicker and allows it to become radiant. Like, we wouldn't consider a match radiant. A flicker of hope is transitioned into a radiant beam of light. And what happens is this, is that as you actively pursue Christ and allow the hope in him to illuminate you, you become radiant hope to those around you. So in other words, as you, your people could be at a distance, but they sense. How do you know people sense things? And when they get close to you, they sense that you radiate hope. 
I cannot get around that person. How many of y'all, you know, you know people that you can't get around without getting depressed? You're like, every time I get around Eeyore, I just want to be like, I, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do in my life. But then there's other people that you get around, and you can't help but say, I'm willing to take on the world. I've got to do this. I will fulfill my calling. I will do my purpose. I will do whatever I've called to do, God, because they radiate something different. Like, let's be those people this year. Let's be those people that radiate hope and not hopelessness. Let's be this where it's like when people meet us, they say, I want to do more with my life. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be this person who illuminates and drives and exposes people to something bigger than what they're in right now. Calling again. He's really wanting to get a hold of you. Number three is this. This last final point is this. Is hope is confidence that nothing can separate us from what Christ did for us. See, you got to remember that there was nothing that stopped the Emmanuel, God is with us, to stop him from coming into the earth. I mean, you have to understand it. In society, in that, in that time, it was a bad, bad time of the year. Like, it was, it was tough. I mean, just a few chapters later, Herod is willing to kill two-year-olds two and below just to make sure that he takes care of the Messiah. And so what hope should do is it should bring you confidence into you that nothing can separate you from what God did for you. Let that be the hope that drives you when you're talking to somebody. That, that the conversation is you don't understand. You don't get it what Jesus did to get to you I know your situation is dark I know your relationship I know your marriage I know your child I know your job I know your situation is dark but there's nothing that will stop hope getting into you if it was possible for hope to be extinguished it would have happened with Mary If it wasn't going to be possible, it would have stopped with the virgin birth. But hope has this un uncanny ability to like, persuade. Because it says that he came to Mary. There wasn't this argument. Mary said, at your word. So there's this ability that when hope comes and invades a barrier an unlikely situation that hope allows you to see beyond that. See, hope isn't an attribute of Christ. It is the Christ. When you got saved, it wasn't now you've got Jesus and now you have hope. When you accepted Jesus, you got hope because hope is Christ. And I sense that there are, some, there are some relationships that you have deemed hopeless. They'll never, they're never going to be restored. There are some things that, that you have deemed hopeless. And I hear God saying, do you remember what I did 2,000 years ago? That if anything, I pray that you would that you would be captivated with a new thought of what is possible with hope. 
See, what happens is a lot of times we, we find ourselves clinging to artificial hope. What is artificial hope? It's artificial. It's something that it's perceived as authentic but fails to meet the need. A lot of us are like, if I could just get this thing done, if I could just get this, then I would trust God. That's artificial hope. Because if it doesn't take God to get it, then it's artificial. And so many of us are, have, we have artificial hope. Well, if God, if you'll do this, that's not the God we serve. God doesn't want to, to have you trusting in an artificial thing. He wants you to trust in the real thing. Him, the Messiah, the Christ, Emmanuel, God is with us. What happens when you lose hope is you've lost sight of what God did to get to you. I think we can forget the gift and the price that Jesus paid to get here. And he did it to get to you. So be that hope for somebody else. Whatever it takes so that they would be able to see the light beyond their circumstances and their situations. If you would stand with me this morning as we close. See, Advent is Jesus' sacred arrival to bring hope to a people that were in darkness. And that is still going on today. For many of us in here today, we've got the hope. We've experienced Christ. Jesus is living in us, and we consider him our Savior and our Lord. But there are many people in your world who need the advent, the arrival of a sacred Christ. So I pray for you this morning that hope first would become radiant in you. That's okay. If it starts as a flicker, that's okay. But I believe that hope will begin to grow will begin to manifest itself through your life into other people's lives. And that this year will be the most fulfilling Christmas season that you've ever had. Not because of what you've got, not because of how perfect it was, but because of how you were able to be used with the light of Christ. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for every life in here this morning, God. And I pray for every situation and every circumstance that surrounds them. That God, whether it's dark, or seems hopeless, whatever it may be, God. I thank you that in the Christmas story, it says that you were able. That God, that you became the light in the darkness. So God, we pray that as we live out our lives this week, this month, this year. That you would allow our lives to radiate hope to other people we pray that other people would sense a hope that's inside of us because of what you did for us Lord we love you 
We thank you, Jesus, this week that you would allow our lives to touch somebody else. Use us as we surrender over our lives to you, God. Use us to reach and to touch people that are hurting and broken, that have a whole lot on the outside, but they have nothing on the inside. We love you. We thank you for the hope that you are to us. This morning, maybe you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. And this morning you say, I want to I give my life to Jesus. I want to commit my life to him. Or you'd say, I prayed the prayer at one point in my life, but I, it was just a prayer. I haven't truly ever lived out my life for Christ. And this morning I want to do that. I want to commit my life. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. If that's you this morning, if you would just slip your hand up real quick. I just want to pray with you this morning. you would pray this prayer with me. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner, but I believe Jesus Christ died for those sins, that he rose again on the third day. So I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior, to come into my heart, transform me, reveal my destiny, allow me to walk it out. Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we give them a hand this morning? We love you. We pray you have an amazing week.